0: Hello, and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. My name is Miles Dawson. And uh, today we're going to be discussing uh, the future of mobility in cities. Uh, So not only from a smart and autonomous car perspective, but also looking at the future of transport infrastructure and mobility ecosystem as digital transformation is shifting and pushing forward the new design of cities. Um, And for this, I'm very lucky to be joined uh, by our analyst today, Max Claps. Hello, Max.
1: Hey, Miles. It's great to be here with you today.
0: Fantastic. Max, I wonder if you can give our listeners a little bit of an overview about yourself and what you do at IDC. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So I'm part of what we call the Government Insights Team. Um, That means anything that has to do with digital applied to the public sector and the ecosystem that revolves around the public sector. Uh, Looking in terms of uh, best practices, what technology suppliers are bringing to the market, and how various use cases are being enabled by technology. This is actually my third time with IDC, I've been on and off for the past 18 years, and um, for the entire time, got stuck with the public sector. so there might be might be something interesting that <laughs> attracts me to that and uh, and yes, i'm I'm really happy to talk to you about mobility because it's something that we've been focusing a lot of research on.
0: There's a lot of change, and
1: hmm. Covid has brought further disruption. <laughs>
0: well that's actually where I wanted to start was um with with the pandemic for for our listeners it is uh, it's august 2020 so we, you know we're we're still in the midst of the the global pandemic um and it covid has has kind of forced us to to move a lot less in the last 6 months you know we've we've been housebound or in lockdown um some countries still in lockdown now um and So so why is now the time to talk about personal mobility? Surely the the nature of cities is is fundamentally changed, has it not?
1: Well, the nature of city will change, um, but it's going to take a little bit of time. And I think we need to make a distinction, right? We need to make a distinction, first of all, between uh, people mobility and goods and freight mobility. So during the lockdown, actually, probably yourself and definitely myself, we've been buying a lot of stuff online and we got a lot of deliveries at home. So there were uh, trucks and any sorts of vehicles, uh, food delivery people on their bicycles running around the city. So there was a form of mobility even during the lockdown. And, And when it comes to passengers, that's the area that has been mostly affected by COVID, of course. And if you look at the UK, for example, there are some statistics that say that um, subway transportation, buses, um, cars have, of course, experienced a big drop compared to previous years, uh, cars have recovered a little bit over time because now we go back to moving and we we feel safer in our cars um, and, and so forth and so on. So. It's it's been a changing factor, a disruption factor, but it's only intersecting with more long-term trends that are shifting personal mobility in more fundamental ways. It's it's not COVID that is uh, triggering new things. It's just part of a bigger picture.
0: Mm. And what's IDC's view of that bigger picture?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, there's been a lot of attention uh, in the past five or six years on K's, um, which is connected, autonomous, shared, and electric vehicles. And when we look at it, um, it's a very product-centric and asset-centric view. It's all about the vehicle to make it more connected with the city infrastructure, to make it more autonomous, and and uh, able to drive by itself or give alerts at this stage of autonomy to the driver. It's about some shared mobility business models, and it's about de-electrification, which is of great interest for utilities. But if you turn that around and look at it from the perspective of the people, of the citizens, of the consumers, they're not interested in whether you're traveling on a connected or autonomous vehicle. Um, They're interested whether you're traveling in a convenient manner, whether it's affordable, safe, both in terms of COVID, but also in terms of the risk of traffic accidents. And to a certain extent, um, whether it's environmentally sustainable, right? Because traffic is also generating pollution in cities And therefore, uh, there's an interest both from a policymaker perspective and from an individual person perspective to make um, that more livable. So it's a different kind of case. Again, it's convenient, it's affordable, it's safe, and it's environmentally sustainable. That's the kind of future of mobility that cities and intra-city planners are looking at or should be looking at instead of only a product centric view.
0: Absolutely. But from from the technology perspective, how do you feel that this and that the innovation coming down the pipe is going to trigger change in these mobility experiences?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think technology is is key, right? And uh, if we did not have IoT or edge computing or artificial intelligence, Uh, and analytics, if we did not have uh, video cameras with embedded analytics that were able to count cars or um, old SCADA system that started to connect and make traffic lights intelligence, we would not even be talking about the future of mobility. The future of mobility is possible because we have the technology. And the impact will be on three key pillars. If you think of how you move around, there's your personal experience as a passenger, as a driver, as a rider of a motorcycle or, or a bike. Um, there's the space where you move, which is a little bit the vehicle, but most importantly, the infrastructure that allows you to move in a, in a safe way and to reach a destination. And there's an ecosystem. There's an ecosystem of policymakers, of orchestrators of services, of operators of services, of technology enablers that need to come together. And digital is impacting all of those three factors, the experience, the space and the ecosystem in fundamental way to get to that convenience, affordable, safe and sustainable
0: mobility that we've been talking about. Absolutely. I mean, that's interesting. You mentioned the ecosystem. Um, We talk a lot about ecosystems in the past couple of months on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel that that's going to contribute to some uh, some exciting new business models as time moves on?
1: Yeah. And I was listening to the podcast that you recorded a few days ago um, with Margaret and and Philip about ecosystem and the blending of industry ecosystems and technology ecosystems. Um, It's a super interesting space. The big question is, exactly about the business model which ones are the sustainable business models going forward right Um, if you look at the car makers they've all been announcing um, partnerships and new investments into uh, car sharing ventures Uh, if you look at riley ailing companies like uber and lyft Um, it's not yet clear if their consumer business is financially sustainable. If you look at um, mobility as a service platforms like Moveit, which was recently acquired by Intel, uh, they started as a consumer platform, but they're now expanding their offering and their portfolio to the B2B world to offer services to enterprises through their intelligence to make their business model sustainable. So it's super exciting how all of these players that did not even talk to each other until two two or three years ago are starting to intersect their paths to future growth and innovation. But it's super difficult um, to get it right from a business model perspective. And, and technology has a role to play because at the core of any of these ecosystems, um, centric business model is data right the, the ability to access and share data and to apply the right governance so that uh, data protection is uh, ensured so that uh, the intellectual property and the trade secrets of the various players are uh, protected also um, from from an enterprise perspective it's it's super complicated uh, but technology advances
0: um, are moving that agenda forward so that's interesting from an ecosystem perspective how things are changing but um if we're talking about such fundamental changes what do you think is going to happen to the transportation infrastructure how will that need to adapt
1: yeah i i mean it's a great segue from uh the ecosystem to the infrastructure because even from the infrastructure perspectives there are Uh, multiple aspects that have an ecosystem angle, right? If you think of real estate developers, you would not consider them as part of the transportation ecosystem. And probably they were not until a few years ago. They would develop or redevelop buildings and neighborhoods. And they would think of transportation mostly as in the access to the neighborhood or the building, but not much else. Um, Right now, they're thinking it more broadly and, looking at it from the point of view of do we need to create a space for micromobility access so bicycles and scooters and not just the traditional parking lots or in the parking lot do we need to embed electric charging stations um i was having a very interesting conversation a couple of weeks ago with uh, the national ministry of, of transportation in one of the central uh, in Eastern European countries that um, are now part of the EU, and um, they were talking about the project where they're looking at the entire life cycle of an asset and trying to understand how all of the information that was captured during the capital investment part of the asset life cycle so the initial project, the construction piece so if during the construction phase there were a lot of questions asked the tests for certain materials did not yield the best results um, those are all indicators that can be used in the future to maintain the infrastructure in a more intelligent way
0: absolutely and you've given us a really great view here of 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 the upside and how great things could theoretically look but what do you think about the challenges like what, what are the, what are the real kind of roadblocks and, uh, and bumps in the road that are going to be faced as people make this journey
1: so yes we, we've talked about the potential and the future of um, mobility and the role of technology and all of the upsides but there are downsides of course um, uh, the the challenges at the moment have to do with governance with legal aspect with technical aspects um, and and many other facets so if you look at it from a governance perspective the ecosystem it's a problem right Um, if i am a car maker and i'm collecting a lot of information from the sensors that are installed in the car um, how often i break uh, where i can accelerate where my Tires are uh, maybe slipping on the road. Um, And that is all information that the car maker will use to, I don't know, provide me with a better maintenance package, of course, for a higher price, um, or to coordinate with their aftermarket services and so forth and so on. But it's also super useful data for the transportation planners for the road maintenance people because if i know that at a certain location um, the car needs to break or there's a bump or it's slippery probably um, the surface needs to be repaved um, or there's a pothole and so forth and so on so all of that information is valuable beyond the use case that the car maker was was thinking about but by disclosing that data to the transportation planners or to the infrastructure maintenance people um, they're also disclosing some of their trade secrets and they need to have super good business case super clear return on investment to accept to disclose that data and and it's not yet well understood as we said before what are the business models that make that uh, roi case Um, Hmm. there's a legal aspect of course to that because um, the more granular the data the more refined and personalized the services and the planning capabilities for cities and regions but the more at risk our privacy is and and then there are some technical and operational aspects as well Um, and it also has to do a lot with uh, data because data is often incomplete is collected um, in different formats um, and it has different attributes for the same entities and those attributes are not always useful for all of the components of the ecosystem. So there, there's quite a lot that needs to be solved. But again, uh, the technology advances that we've mentioned before, like ai IoT, Edge, and 5G, are really helping advance in that agenda and solving some of the problems. But then mm. it's it's about the people and
0: sitting around the table and figuring out the business model. Mm. Absolutely. And uh, so just a couple of last questions for you. The first one, um, how ready do you think um, the cities of 2020 are for the future of personal mobility? Based on what you've been discussing here, how how, how far down the line do you think these cities are?
1: Yeah, I, I think there, there's a fundamental difference between large cities or medium to large cities and, and the smaller ones. And probably the cutoff is in between. Uh, 500,000 residents and above and and below that threshold. Um, The the larger cities usually have um, a transportation planning department and they have a quite big public transit agency that is tasked with thinking strategically of how they need to progress along the mobility agenda. The smaller cities, the rural areas are a little bit the followers, uh, literally they, they need to uh, follow what the guidelines from the metropolitan areas that they're attached to are. Uh, so I, I think in those larger cities, uh, to answer your question, the maturity is is fairly high with um, cities like London and, and Dublin and Berlin and Paris um, that are really forward thinking in in this space, and with a lot of um, cross-pollination among countries in Europe, because the RATP, which is the uh, public transit agency in the Paris region, they also run buses um, in many other cities in Europe. Uh, ATM, which is the public transit agency in Milan, runs the subway in Copenhagen. So you, you may have thought of those as the stereotypical public corporations that are bureaucratic, but they're actually quite innovative and I'm really really thinking in a strategic way about the future of mobility.
0: So Max, my last question then is, do you have any recommendations for our listeners, uh, maybe for companies who might be involved in this long-term transformation, any leaving thoughts for us?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, as I said before, there are many industries that are, intersecting in, in this uh, transportation ecosystem and shaping the future of personal mobility. And to be fair, we would need to go down to each industry and, and give recommendation to what utilities could do in terms of electrification, in terms of what um, the bus companies could do in terms of joining forces with cities and so forth and so on. But overall, I, I would say that it's important that they have a roadmap that looks at all of the three pillars that we discussed, the experience, the infrastructure and the vehicles, and the ecosystem. Right, Those three elements, the physical, the personal, and the ecosystem are the ones that are really important. And within those three pillars, look at specific use cases and see how technology can enhance uh, make safer, uh, improve the environmental sustainability of, of the use cases. So if you're trying to do traffic enforcement through a video camera, there's a set of capabilities that you need to worry about. If you're trying to uh, build an app that rewards citizens for traveling through more sustainable modes of transportation, there's a quite different set of capabilities that you need to look at. So. It's always uh, use-case based. And then last but not least, uh, really try to define some key principles and guidelines, both in terms of uh, the data governance and in terms of the reusability and the interoperability of the technology architecture that you're going to use. Because if for every use case, cities and transportation operator develop new tools and capabilities from scratch every time. It's gonna be a waste of money and the various innovations are not gonna talk to one another,
0: right? So three pillars, use cases, key principles and guidelines. Absolutely. Well, look, Max, thank you so much for helping us out today. Um, for our listeners, I'm afraid that is all the time we have for today. But I'd like to thank you, Max. Thank you for your time and uh, for helping us out on this topic. Um, and we would love to hear your thoughts. So if you do have any opinions or views, do get in touch with us. So you can find us on LinkedIn. Um, you can find our posts on Twitter as well as SoundCloud. We'd love to hear um, what your thoughts are on the evolving market of uh, the future of mobility in smart cities. Um, and of course, do subscribe to the podcast. Let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear us cover. We have more than 1,100 analysts at IDC across the world and they're experts in all manner of different topics. So if, you, if you're thinking to yourself, ah, the podcast hasn't covered X, Y, Z, do get in touch, let us know and we'll see what we can do. So thank you all very much for listening. Um, I wish you all good health and uh, I'll speak